Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Helping you invest in property for freedom, choice and profit. You'll learn new, innovative and multiple streams of property income. Whether you want to start, scale or systemize. And even if you don't have deposits. Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast. Is no money down possible? Well, in a word, yes. However, I get asked, must be a hundred times a week now, can you really do no money down? No money down is impossible. You need money to get into property, etc., etc., etc. And what I tend to say to people now is, do you know people who have a lot of property? Do you know people who've got hundreds of property? Whether that is know them personally or know of them, read about them, heard about them, or know people who know people that have got hundreds of property. Because here's the thing. If somebody has a lot of property, then the reality is they got them using no money down property investment techniques. They didn't get them by working in a job, exchanging their time for money, working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, spending that time in that job, saving a little bit of money, putting that little bit of money away, and then earning and earning and earning and saving and saving and saving until they eventually had enough for a deposit. That's not how they did it, because it's too slow. If that is your only way to make money to invest in property, then you'll never own a lot of property. Yes, you could own a few, but you'll never own enough. If you want to build a big, scalable property business, you have to be doing no money down property investing. But what is no money down property investing? What's it about? Well, there's probably three different things that I focus on and what no money down means. No money down literally means either no money down, so no money whatsoever, and there is methods that you can use to control and secure property using no money whatsoever. Meaning number two is little money down. So little or no money down, very little. Because often people say, well, there has to be some money. So you've got solicitor fees, you've got um, costs for agents, etc. There must be some money. Quite often there's not even those fees. Or it doesn't have to be you that pays those fees. But let's say that there is that little bit of money down. Then would you be willing to take on an asset worth hundreds of thousands of pounds that pays you monthly passive income if all you had to pay was one pound for the property and solicitor fees. I'm sure most of you listening would. So little money down is classed as a no money down strategy and what I'll be talking about today. And the other one is none of your own money down. So just because some money is needed, it doesn't have to be your money. So if it's not your money and you can control or secure an asset that makes you the monthly passive income by using other people's money, then surely that's something you should be thinking about doing. So no money down said is what three things really. It's literally no money. It's very little or no money or it's other people's money. But what sort of ways can you do that? Because I mentioned this to people and they say, well, you need a 25% deposit to buy a house. You need money to get into property. 
you need to use an estate agent to secure the property, or even if it's direct-to-vendor, you still have to get a mortgage, and the lenders will only lend you 75%. And then I can't get started anyway, because I need to be in a job that's permanent, that's making me 25 grand a year minimum, and I need to have the 25% deposit saved. That is the traditional way, the traditional way of buying property. That is not what creative property investors do. That is not what you do when you want to build a large scalable property business. You want to build a big property business and you want to build it quickly. Or if you're listening in today and you've got no experience in property whatsoever, you're starting out and you have no savings, then don't think because you've got no experience and no savings that you cannot get started. You can. You can learn how to get started. There's three things you need in property. You need the time to find some deals. You don't need a lot of time though. You probably need just five to six hours a week. You need knowledge to find the deals. But you're learning stuff here today. Now, there's lots of events, lots of opportunities. Progressive run loads of different events. One of the biggest events is the Multiple Streams of Property Income event. It's three-day flagship training on property investing. If you've not been to it, speak to somebody in the office or email the team and they can let you know about it. That'll give you the knowledge. And then you need the money. But the money doesn't have to be your money. Quite often, it doesn't have to be anybody's money. Quite often, the money is actually in the house. The money's in the bricks and mortar of the property. If we all, and this is the thing about thinking about money and does money really exist, Because if every single one of us today in this country went to the banks and tried to draw out the money that we have in the bank account, the banks would go under. There's not enough money in the the banks to give us back what we see on our bank account screen as money. It's not there. So money doesn't really exist. When you buy a 200 grand house, you don't get 200 grand cash in a briefcase and pay for the house. Quite often you don't see any of the money. You don't even see your own deposit money because it's the numbers on a computer screen in your bank account. So we need to start thinking about property investing as not that the money is existing or needed, but more about the the situation that the homeowner is in and how to solve their problem. Because I could buy a house today from a homeowner who's got a mortgage with Halifax, and I could go to Halifax and take out another mortgage from them, so I go to the same bank that they're currently with. I take out a mortgage for Halifax. Halifax lend me money, and that money gets paid back to Halifax to clear the owner's mortgage. Why did I have to take one mortgage from Halifax to pay off a different Halifax mortgage when what I could have done was babysat the current Halifax mortgage? How do I babysit it? That's one of the no-money-down strategies. It's called a lease option. A lease option is a really powerful strategy that allows you to control somebody else's property. You control the property to make the cash, that allows you to make money every single month from their house. Because here's the concept about property that you have to get your head around. When you buy a house, you actually get a piece of paper. It's called a title deed. That piece of paper has the address of the property on it. It's got the name of the owner on it, as, as you if you're the buyer, and it'll have anyone else who's got an interest in that property, i.e. the mortgage lender. So they'll generally be listed on the title deed as having an interest in the property. Now, what we do on a lease option is we can take control of the title deed using a second piece of paper. And that second piece of paper is called an option agreement. 
and the option agreement gives us control of the title deed, giving us control of the property, allowing us to babysit the mortgage, giving us control of the cash flow, giving us control of the profit. So that's a lease option. It gives you control of the, t- of the title deed. Now, a lease option is a really, really, really powerful property investment strategy. But there's lo- it's, it's a creative strategy. There's loads of other no-money-down strategies as well. But why would somebody give you a lease option? Why would they give you their house? And how much do you have to pay to secure it? We've done lease option deals where we've paid no more than one pound to secure the property. Now, we're not buying the house for a pound, and this is the key differentiation on a lease option. You're not buying the property for a pound. You're taking control of the debt for a pound. So let's say somebody has a house, and it's worth 200 grand, as we said. So they've got a 200 grand property, but they've got a 200 grand debt on it. So they've got no equity whatsoever. If you sell that property today, they will probably not get 200 grand for it. They might only get 195. Now, if they only get 195, apart from the fact they have to pay for estate agents and they have to pay for solicitor fees, they've got to get 195 for their house and they still owe the bank 200 grand. So they're going to have to pay to leave. They're going to have to put their hand in an already empty pocket, pay 5,000 pounds out to pay the mortgage lender off, a couple of grand for their agent's costs, and 1,000 pounds for their, for their um, solicitor fees, means they're probably going to have to pay about 8,000 pounds to walk away from the house. With a lease option, we can give them one pound, take over their debt, saving them 8,000 pounds. So it saves them money. Doesn't, you're not buying a house for a pound, you're taking over a debt for a pound. So really, really powerful strategy. But that's just one strategy, as I said. What about rent to rent? So a lease option allows you to buy the property in the future, but maybe some landlords don't want to sell or some homeowners don't want to sell. They just want to rent their house out. So rent to rent's a great strategy that you can get control of other people's properties to benefit from the cash flow, but without ever needing a mortgage or without ever even needing a deposit. A lot of my rent to rent deals will secure the house for nothing. So we can get the landlords to give us a rent-free period to start with to set the deal up. We can, anything we need for it. So if we want to put furniture in and stuff, then you can get furniture from places like Curry's PC World. You can get buy now, pay later. You can get a 0% interest credit card. So 0% on purchases. Buy all of the furniture on a 0% on purchases credit card and pay it back from the rental income in the first six months. So my aim on a rent-to-rent deal is to have all of the money that we've put in back out within six months. That's the sweet spot. So your profits from month seven onwards. But having put no money whatsoever in and being profit from month seven onwards. So rent-to-rent is a really powerful strategy. In simple terms, what rent-to-rent is, is you rent the property from either a landlord or a letting agent, and then you put a tenant or a number of tenants into that property, and you get more income from the tenants that are paying you than you're giving to the landlord or the agent. Now, when I say this to people, the first thing they say to me, oh, well, if it was that simple, why don't the owners just do it themselves? And my response to that is, why do letting agents exist? Why do letting agents exist? Because people don't want to do it themselves. People don't want the hassle of managing property. That's why letting agents exist. As Rob Moore says, that people want the baby without the labor pains. That's what they want. So we have a huge opportunity to make money through strategies that other people don't want to do. If you don't have money to buy a house, if you don't have a deposit to buy a house, 
rent to rent the strategy that can get you started. So I've mentioned lease options and I've mentioned rent to rent. What about another strategy, rent to own, rent to buy? There's lots of people all over the UK stuck in rental that really want to be homeowners, but they can't afford to be a homeowner. Maybe you're listening in and you're in rental and you can't afford to be a homeowner. Well, the first three properties I ever lived in myself were rent to buy. Properties where I had the option to buy, but I rented it initially at the same time as I was buying it. Now, what that strategy is called is called rent to buy. You pay the market rent or below market rent and then have an option to buy the house later. But what you do is you secure the purchase price today. So the purchase price is locked in today and you benefit from any capital growth with that house. At the same time, you can move in as a tenant if you want to do it personally yourself, or you move a tenant buyer in, another person into that property to rent it with the option to buy. Whoever is living in the house, the tenant buyer, they are responsible for all of the management and all of the maintenance costs on that property. So there's no cost whatsoever to the landlord. They benefit hugely by being able to add value because they've locked in their purchase price. They can add value to push up the price of the property, meaning they're building in equity. Or they can just wait a few years, depending on how long their option to buy is, and benefit from the automatic capital growth from that property. Huge opportunity for tenant buyers because not just people, people that are stuck in rental, but a lot of people stuck in rental end up having to move home four or five times when they didn't want to move just because their landlord decided they didn't want to keep the house anymore and they stuck it on the market for sale. With a tenant buyer contract, they, that person's got the right to stay in that property and the right to buy the house. So they've got the feeling of ownership. Even if they've not got the ownership yet, they've got the feeling and the security of ownership and the opportunity to buy it over a number of years. Massive benefit for a tenant buyer. But huge benefit for a landlord too, because a landlord, if they were trying to sell the house today, maybe they've got to take an offer that's below their asking price. But with a tenant buyer, they can lock in a price that's above their asking price. So because the house price is going to go up over time, they could make the purchase price, say, 10, 15, 20 grand more than today's value, but in seven, eight years' time. So they can benefit hugely from getting extra money for their house. But in the interim, over that six to seven years, they don't have to pay any maintenance costs or any management fees. The savings on maintenance costs and management fees alone are phenomenal. So tenant buyers is another strategy. What about landlords are looking at buy to flip as an example? So buy to flip is a great strategy, except when you buy a house to flip it, you've got to pay stamp duty to purchase. You've got to probably take out a mortgage. You've got finance costs to pay for that mortgage all the time you're doing the refurb. You'll have solicitor costs to buy it. Then you've got to sell the house and you're going to have agents cost to sell, more solicitor cost to sell, and then you've got to be taxed on your profits. A lot of buy-to-flip deals, they don't stack up today because of the extra 3% stamp duty. So for those that aren't aware, uh, if you're listening, you're not aware. As an investor, if you buy a second home or more, then you pay an additional 3% stamp duty. That 3% stamp duty is massively et into the profits from a buy-to-flip deal. So what about an assisted sale instead? Because... I can't get my head around why, if you're going to sell a house in 10 months' time, having refurbished it, why do you need to buy something that you know you're going to sell? Why not just do an assisted sale? So assisted sale is where you joint venture with the homeowner to sell their house. You come in and you pay for the refurbishment. 
but there's no agent's costs, no stamp duty costs, the legal costs not twice, entry and exit, just once for our contract between you and the homeowner. Agent's costs the owner will pay for, no finance costs while you're doing the refurb because the owner may already either, they either pay their own mortgage at the moment or they don't even have a mortgage. But your job is to assist them and you pay for the refurbishment. You agree a purchase price up front with the homeowner, you pay for the refurbishment, and you benefit for whatever the uplift in value is. So let's say as an example, you secure a property for 100 grand, agreed price with a homeowner. They've got it on the market for 100 grand, their best offer they're getting from anyone else is like 87, but you say, I'll give you your 100 grand asking price if you'll wait nine months to sell the house. Maybe it's been on the market for nine months already, they've had no offers, unless except for that low 87 grand offer, and you're giving them the chance to wait just nine more months, but you, they'll get their asking price. On the condition that you can come in, spend 15 grand, 20 grand on a refurb, let's call it 20 grand on a refurb, and the house will revalue at 140. So the 100 grand house, they get the 100 grand. You spend 20 on the refurb, that's 120, and we sell it at 140. So you get the 20 grand uplift in value, or 20 grand profit. Now, maybe they say they want a bit of that 20 grand profit. Well, that's fine. You, get your, you agree you get your 20 grand back plus 10 grand of the uplift and you split the other 10, 500, five grand each. You can break it down any way that works for you to make it a win-win scenario between yourself and the homeowner. You still need the 20 grand for the refurb though. You could borrow that money from somebody else. You could join venture with somebody else on your share of that deal. Because if you secured an assisted sale deal, that had a 20 grand profit, do you think somebody might lend you that 20 grand to be part of the deal where they could make 10 grand each? So you make 10 grand, they make 10 grand. So they lend you the 20 grand for the deal and get back 30, 10 grand profit, and you make 10 grand having put none of your own money in. Win-win opportunity or win-win-win because the vendor gets their asking price. You make 10 grand profit having put no money down and the money lender to you Lends you 20 grand and gets back 30, making them a 10 grand profit. So massive opportunity on an assisted sale. These, there's so many different strategies. What about planning gain? Planning gain's a massive opportunity, but you don't need to buy a house to benefit from planning gain. You could use a, an option. So an option contract to secure, let's say a, a corner house, a corner plot in the back garden of somebody's home. But there's enough room to build a house. So you secure an option to buy the garden subject to planning permission. You apply for planning permission, get the planning permission approved. You could then sell your option to buy with planning gain and make a profit without ever buying it. Or you could build out and then purchase it. it up to you. But huge opportunities to use creative strategies to make money from property without using any of your own funds. What you're using is not money. What you're using is knowledge. There's lots of different no money down strategies. I could keep going all day. Um, what about joint ventures? So joint venturing is a hugely powerful strategy. There are people every single day of the week all over this country that have money to invest in property, but they don't have the time or they don't have the knowledge of get how to get started. This is where you can help them. You can exchange your time and knowledge for their money. But loads of people I speak to and they say, oh, why would anybody invest in me? What can I bring to the table? 
the biggest problem I see people doing around joint ventures is they're pedestalizing the money. They see the money as the most important thing. But here's the reality. The money is the most important thing to you because you don't have the money. The money's not the most important thing to the person with the money. People with money, they don't pedestalize the money. They pedestalize their time. They see their time as the most important thing. Because the reality is, you can make as much money as you like in life. The more you work, the more money you can make. The more you network, the more money you can make. The more you joint venture, the more money you can make. But the one thing you cannot get more of is time. Time is a limiting amount that you've got and everyone's got. Every single day of the year that goes by, you've got less and less time in your life left. So don't pedestalize money. Believe that you bring stuff and skills to the table that people with money don't have. One of the most powerful ones is just simply your time. If you're a trustworthy person, you can, you can get people to invest in you. If you are credible, and I don't mean credible in terms of track record, but credible in terms of you've got um, a good head on you, you, you're passionate about what you want to do, you're focused That's enough to build credibility with a lot of people. Joint venture partners, people who are looking to work with other people, they are looking for people that have that time and that willingness to go out there and look for the deals. Your skill is in finding the deals, learning how to invest in property. Get educated by the right people who are out there doing property deals. Learn how to invest in property. Invest in yourself and other people will invest in you. Go find the deals. Spend your time speaking to agents, building relationships with agents, building relationships with solicitors, with mortgage brokers, building your power team, getting good builder contacts nearby so they can do the refurbs for you, letting agents that can manage the properties for you. All of that stuff takes time. A lot of wealthy people don't have the time to do that. They want to own the asset. They want a share of the property, but they don't have the time to do it. You've got a huge opportunity because the minute that you stop pedestalizing the money and start realizing all of the stuff that you bring to the table, you're going to have a lot of money flowing your way and a lot of property deals that you can do. I started to raise JV funding a couple of years ago, just a couple of years ago. And last year alone, I raised over a million pounds in JV funding to do property deals. I cannot find property deals quick enough this year to do these deals. And I know you might be sitting listening in thinking that's okay for you, but it's not okay for me. I'm no different to you. Four years ago, I was living in a room in a shared house. All I did was I learned how to do property deals. I put myself out there and I asked, I just started to ask people and tell people what you do. Now, when I say ask, I don't mean go up to people on the street and say, can I have your money? That's a bit weird. When I say ask, I mean, there's a, there's a saying in Progressive that I've learned and I follow every single day and it's called sell through, not to. So I ask people to look at my deals for their opinion to see what they think before I present it to an investor. They look at the deal and they think, well, I'm interested in this. I'd like to invest in that. But what you're doing is you're getting them with their guard down. You're getting them to have a look at your deal with their guard down. If you're chasing the money and asking for the money directly, you push them away. You want to indirectly ask for the money. So it's called sell through, not to, to indirectly ask for the money. And that's just for looking for joint ventures in terms of joint venture partners. 
Now, with a joint venture partner, you do need to be aware of some legislation. So there is PS133. And PS133 is all about, um, and it's an FCA regulation around sophisticated investors and how you can market for joint venture partners. A sophisticated investor is somebody who earns over £100,000 a year or has over 250 grand of net assets, not including their own home, or has invested in two unregulated investments in the last 12 months. And they could be as little as putting 10 pounds into two different unregulated investment schemes to qualify as a sophisticated investor. So that's for joint venturing. Now, outside of joint venturing, let's say that the people you speak to, the people that have got some money, don't qualify or don't meet that sophisticated investment criteria, then those people could be your money lenders. Anybody can lend you money. So the sophisticated investment is all about where they are giving money to a deal for a share of equity because it's a share of risk and reward. But anybody, unsophisticated or sophisticated, can lend you money for an agreed interest rate return. So if somebody's got 50 grand sitting in a bank making no money, you could give them 4 or 5% a year return on their money. That's fine. There's no regulation around that at all with the FCA. So whether they're sophisticated or unsophisticated, you can help these people make more money from their money, allowing you to do none of your own money down deals. So that's a little bit of an introduction to no money down and how no money down property investing works, what sort of ways you can do no money down property investing, whether that be literally no money down, very little money down, or none of your own money down. There's loads of other strategies as well that I haven't even touched on in this podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about No Money Down, I wrote a book last year, No Money Down Property Investing. That's available on Amazon and on Audible. So you can get the hardback on Amazon. And the the link to that is bit.ly forward slash NMD book, all lowercase. Or on Audible, it's bit.ly forward slash NMD Audible, all lowercase again. If you've enjoyed this content and want to listen to a lot more, remember to subscribe to the podcast, but also subscribe to the Progressive Property YouTube channel. There's lots more information, lots more videos, lots more content on YouTube. So subscribe to Progressive Property YouTube channel. You can also join the Facebook community. So Progressive Property Facebook community. If you're on Facebook, just type into the search engine Progressive Property Community click join. There's over 22,000 active property investors in there, all sharing knowledge, sharing stories every single day that you can get massive value from as well. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been awesome. I think it's in here. It's warm or something today. I'm shattered. I can't like, can't breathe. It's the jumper, isn't it? It is the jumper. I'm not wearing jumpers in there anymore. Kill my wife. She said, wear a jumper. It's cold out. Wear a jumper. I'm recording this. Give me that bit for her. <laughs>